It was a rainy practice on the fields across the street from Paycor Stadium, and the back of quarterbacks haven't been trending in the right direction, to put it lightly. Let's dive into that conversation and what the Bengals can do, given the performance of Trevor Simeon and Jake Brown. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine, coming to you from Paycor Stadium and the West Coast of Canada here on Locked On Bengals, where we have you covered every day as the Bengals are going through their preseason routine. We're on the Lockdown Podcast Network, and you can find us on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcasts. And when you subscribe on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcasts, that makes it really easy to become a first listener, making us your first listen every day and an everydayer. All of you who don't miss an episode and make us your first listen, we appreciate all of you very much. And that's why you always get a shout out at the top of the episode, unlike the Bengals backup quarterbacks, who are where we're starting today. There's some other things we can talk about. Zach Taylor talked to the media on Monday before the Bengals practice, and there were some interesting things there. There are other practice takeaways that we can get to, some highlight plays for the defense. But after... Friday, when these backup quarterbacks did nothing to differentiate themselves from one another, both of them struggled. The plan was always, I guess, for Trevor Simeon to get the first half in the second preseason game. Maybe it was a rain. I'm sure that's at least part of it. But it's another day where defense is making highlights, and that's in no small part thanks to the way these quarterbacks are playing in practice. Yeah, whether it's DJ Reader in – you know, his pass breakup, Trey Hendrickson's interception, we could go down the list of big plays like that that uh, continue. And it's it's turnovers, it's ugly throws, it's off-target throws. At one point today, I forget which quarterback it was. I think it was Jake Browning, but they had to call a timeout. Like, play clock's running down, had to call a timeout and, and, and re-huddle before running the play. And that's what practice is for. And so you don't want to be overly critical, but it's honestly, it's been a string of bad days. And Jake, the quarterback play today and over the past couple of days is much worse than when you were here. It's trending in the wrong direction. And you would think that it would be the other way, that they would get more comfortable, more reps, more used to what T Higgins and Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd could do more used to the tendencies of the defense and, and be able to adjust and make plays and, it really it hasn't happened. And we saw that on Friday night against the Packers. That was no offensive masterpiece, right? And and so that is the snippet of what we've seen in, in training camp. And so that's to me, the past couple of days have been even worse than they than it was on Friday night. And they need to clean that up a bit if if either of these guys are going to to make the team as the backup, which I still think is the most likely outcome, someone has to emerge. And maybe that's Friday night against Atlanta. Maybe that's on Wednesday when they resume practice. feels like a big week for those guys. Somebody this week needs to separate themselves and show that they can be counted on as a backup quarterback because if they don't, it's certainly more than fair, I think, to question at this point whether the Bengals have a viable backup quarterback on this team. 
Mm-hmm. Now, like you said, will the team feel this way? Hard to say. They've been totally happy with Brandon Allen as a backup quarterback, a guy we know they've liked for the last few years. And Trevor Simeon is a guy that has starting experience. And when they signed him, honestly, I didn't hate it. It wasn't a top-end backup, but it's a guy that had starting experience at least for a year, and it wasn't even a bad year for the Denver Broncos. And so I thought that there was potentially something there. And while he clearly has more arm talent, the decision-making and the ball placement and even the choice of what ball path in terms of touch or trying to throw it in there on a rope has not been there consistently for Simeon. And mm-hmm. it's something that would need to be better. So there's that aspect of it, in my opinion. And there's also the aspect of, is, is it getting to the point where it's detrimental? for the rest of this offense, for the offensive line who has to work with quarterbacks that at times have been noted of holding the ball for too long or for the receivers who in a couple of cases are visibly frustrated or or vocally frustrated after throws that are late or off target. And uh, you wonder if it's affecting other parts of practice. You hope not. You hope that they're still getting good work in, right? And, And we won't miss a beat for this offense. We won't see them miss a beat. I should say when, when Joe Burrow's back and things get back to normal with the number ones, but you you wonder if that's starting to build up a little bit too. For sure. I think there's certainly some frustration there. You want to go out there and compete and, and win. And a lot of times like Jamar Chase had Cam Taylor Britt beat today and Jake Browning sailed it out of bounds and he, it would have been a touchdown and he just missed it And, and it was out of bounds. And, uh, so Jamar didn't catch it, but even if he did, he would have been out of bounds. Like it was one of those throws. And that's unfortunately, those are the throws we remember. And there are other ones where Browning made some nice, nice decisions, nice throws. One was uh, Chris Evans play in the rain, which I, I tweeted out and it's right in Evans's bread basket. It's a perfect throw. And then another one to Trent Taylor. So there are times when you see it and you're like, okay, well, that's a good throw. And they make the place and it's like, oh, well, that guy could be a good backup. But it's so inconsistent. And it appears to be getting even more inconsistent. And that's the part. I don't think I, – I agree with you. I think that this week is huge because I don't think there's panic in the building. But there might be some people raising their eyebrows a bit. And if a week from now we're like, what the heck is going on? behind Joe Burrow with these two quarterbacks who, who've gotten a ton of reps with the ones and have gotten way more reps than they would have any other normal training camp. Like they should be playing better, not worse. And it feels like it's going the other way. So this week it needs to, they need to kick it into gear and they're, they're off to a bad start. Both guys, I think struggled for the most part on Sunday and Monday. And maybe they do bounce back on Wednesday. Maybe they play well on Friday and another opportunity to play football Maybe Trevor Simeon with a a better level of talent around him than he was playing with in the second half against the Packers can show something, but looking for signs of life here is is a bit of the trend for backup quarterback. And it's one of a few questions that we're still asking about this roster that I was hoping, James, honestly, that we would have some better answers for after one preseason game and, and certainly after two. So hopefully this time next week, when we're talking about this and thinking about the 53-man roster, some of these questions have answered themselves. And, and some other things to talk about in this practice. See Higgins, part of a scary collision with Cam Taylor Britt involved, but Nick Scott coming over from the safety position that we should surely talk about as well. So we'll keep the conversation going here after Monday's training camp practice coming up next.
Today's show is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit your roster. So with draft prep underway for the upcoming season, let's see who Vinny Iyer has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. And if you're looking for a safe quarterback to take as a starter late after you wait on the position, then you can ride with the Seahawks' Geno Smith, who's the biggest fantasy surprise quarterback in 2022. After taking over for Russell Wilson, Smith took advantage of a great system under Shane Waldron and was a perfect fit with top wideouts DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Smith is back with Waldron, and now the rookie dynamo. He has rookie dynamo Jackson Smith in Jigba, and he's established as a solid option as well. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win a fantasy championship, and eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle are right at your fingertips. You can make sure your ride stays running smoothly from air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shocks, struts, you name it. eBay Motors has it, and they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay Guaranteed Fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because now you know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go. With eBay, a guaranteed fit, everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the right parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check. Get the right parts, get the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay guaranteed fit only available to us customers, eligible items only exclusions apply. James, let's quickly hit on the T Higgins incident, which was a bit of a scary moment in practice. Sounds like T Higgins, Nick Scott, Cam Taylor, Britt, all okay, but a collision occurs when a pass falls incomplete on the sideline intended for T Higgins on a vertical and Nick Scott ranging over from the safety position thinks that T is going down to the ground with Cam Taylor Britt. He doesn't go all the way down to the ground. And when Scott tries to jump over him, there ends up being a little bit of a collision. Yeah, it it was a ball to tee. Uh, and he tried to climb the ladder and get it on the sideline, wasn't able to. And as he's falling, just kind of landed awkward. And the landing is what made this whole thing awkward because Nick Scott, as he's running through, you're right. He thinks he's going to the ground. And if he goes to the ground, defensive backs jump over receivers all the time. And that's all he tries to do. But Higgins doesn't go all the way down. And so Scott runs into T, who's bent over, not on the ground. And then T does fall because Scott runs into him. And then Scott lands on Higgins. And it's just one of those weird, awkward things that you don't want to see, especially because they were practicing in the rain. Mm-hmm. And Cam Taylor Britt was a little wobbly getting up. T Higgins, the same, took him a second. All three guys are fine. Talk to T. Higgins afterwards. Nick Scott is fine. Uh, Cam Taylor Britt played more. None of the receivers played another snap in teams. I think Zach Taylor was like, nope, Tyler, you're done. T, you're done. Jamar, you're done. So they they were uh, done for the day. It was towards the end of practice. I think there was maybe four or five snaps for the first team left, but certainly noteworthy. The good news is uh, they've avoided any kind of injury, it it sounds like, and it was – 
it was just a a scary moment at today's practice. It especially makes sense to say, you know what, we're not going to risk these guys any further when the quarterbacks are playing the way they are. Oh, what man. what are we missing on oh. five or six reps? We talked about quarterback though. We we've asked the question as a backup quarterback on the team. Are they going to make a move? Maybe a bigger conversation, but there are other clear spots where we still have questions. One of those being the pass protecting back where Zach yeah. Taylor referenced this. Chase Brown has a little bit of ground to cover, to put it lightly. Sure. He, I think, was over in pass protection, maybe one in, in terms of his opportunities to pass block on Friday. Did he contribute positively? Chris Evans had a pretty good day in pass protection, but has a long track record of having to earn this team's, uh, this, this coaching staff's trust. And it's a little bit more pertinent today, I guess, because Leonard Fournette has signed a deal with $3 million in salary, $1 million signing bonus, and up to $2 million in incentives with the Patriots. You know, your name, the, the, the names thing, it's becoming a real issue. I don't know what kind of water they have in Canada. That's it, Leonard But it's Fournette. Zeke. Yeah, it's Ezekiel Elliott. So I don't know the water that they're giving you up there. You, you said Western Canada in the island. Maybe they need to get another filter on that thing. We just talked so much about Leonard Fournette before we started recording that that was the Big name debate. of my brain. Yeah, Ezekiel Elliott, the player, the best pass blocking back available that signed with the Patriots. Sure, no doubt. And he got paid, man. I mean, he's close to what Mixon got. He just doesn't have the incentives to get up there. But, I mean, the $4 million, it's pretty close and – by the way, uh, Joe Mixon's trial ongoing going into Tuesday. So you may know by the time um, that that you hear this, the the verdict on what's going on. But we can update everybody once we know. There's really no reason to talk about it now. Yeah, the trial did begin. Good note. That's all we know about it so far. But there is a question there, right? Do they feel like they have a pass blocking back on the team they can trust? And at what point, if they don't, do they feel compelled to make a move, if ever, right? Because I- – they're going to keep Chase Brown. And if they go out and mm-hmm. sign a guy, what does that mean for Travion Williams and Chris Evans? Well, that's why I asked Zach pretty bluntly, hey, is Travion going to play this week? Is he going to be able to? Because I think it's a huge week for Travion. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going in the unknown here if you go into preseason week three and Brown is still struggling. Chris Evans, who had a really nice blitz pickup against Dax Hill on Monday. But if, if Evans, it's, it's a mixed bag. Well, you were hoping to see some reps for, from Travion. And, and so he's wearing cleats. It's not like he's got a brace on that ankle. I think he's getting close-ish. But Zach Taylor said week to week at the end of it. So it doesn't sound like it's this week. And so if those two guys, Evans and, and Brown, even stand pat or, or take a slight step forward, are you comfortable with that? I, I just wonder. I The backfield just feels much, much different. And I... I Here's the weird thing is I see the talent. Like, obviously, we know Joe Mixon's talented. Chris Evans is talented. Chase Brown and Travion Williams are talented. But if they don't have a pass blocking back, that's like the weakest, the weakest position, one of the weakest positions on the team, like by far, like one of the worst running back rooms. And I see the talent of those guys. Like, I'm not even trying to be personal, but in this offense, what they need, they need a pass blocking back. It's a big part of the running back position in town. It's not like they're, they're, running the ball 55 times. All those guys are, are capable of doing that to some degree, but they need someone that can pass protect at a, at a high level. And so hopefully they find it. Yeah. And I mean, catch Chris passes, Evans, you know, Chris, like that's the other part. 
if Chris Evans has another two games in the preseason where he's a plus pass blocker, maybe there's a corner turn there. Sure. Uh, big if, right? We'll, we'll get more answers there. He hasn't been perfect in camp, but I feel like there have been a number of days where we've talked about, yeah, Chris Evans had a nice blitz pickup today. And, and that hasn't been entirely foreign, but doing it against other teams, doing it against multiple schemes is something that you need to see from Evans not going against the Luana Rumo defense every day where maybe you start to pick up on tendencies and things like that. So something that we'll need to watch for and would have a big impact on some of these guys trying to make the team in the running back room. And we don't have an answer there. I think another thing we talked about is questions in the backup offensive line unit where mm. I was a bit surprised to be honest, James, to hear mm. the praise for Cody Ford from Zach Taylor uh, in Monday's press conference, when he was asked about players that stood out on film that maybe didn't still show up in the stat sheet, Cody Ford was the only guy that got called out by name. And and there were some mention for some other players, the interior defensive line, for example, uh, as a unit was referenced. And, and then Zach cut off his answer saying that there were other guys and he didn't, you know, didn't want to name them all, didn't want to go through the whole list. But Cody Ford, who has been working with the ones when Alex Kappa has not been going, Got a clear shout out from Zach Taylor. And while the backup center question, I think, is still a question as Max Sharping has had issues with snap placement at times and is working at center. Trey Hill is rotating between center and guard. Both of those guys, a bit of a mixed bag. Ben Brown working in multiple positions. Maybe Cody Ford is your backup guard. Yeah, maybe. I, and and that's certainly in the, the realm. It's, it's funny, though. Let's say that does happen. The day they signed him, it was like, he's a tackle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we like him as a tackle. <laughs> and then they realize, oh, well, we have tackles. Let's let's put you at guard. And so that part is funny. But there's certainly a chance. I, I think that the the fun part about that battle, and, and it's kind of funny, it's the opposite of past years, is it's it's like, all right, well, someone's going to emerge as this backup because there's just so many bodies. Maybe it's Deontay Smith at, at tackle. Maybe Jackson Carmen, who was at, at left tackle again on Monday. Like, someone's going to emerge there in that tackle room while L is out if, if he starts the, the year on pup. Like that, I feel pretty confident in that. Like with quarterback, I, I don't see it yet. Like I haven't seen anyone emerge. And so that's the concern. I actually, I'm pretty confident in the offensive line room that they're going to be able to find the right say four backups. I think they keep nine, keep Lel on pu- the pup list, maybe go go that route to start the season. Makes sense. So I think they'll be able to find the right cocktail. I agree with you, though. I was a bit surprised about Cody Ford getting some love. And so I wonder if there was any hidden agenda there, if that guy just shined a little bit on tape and, uh, and Zach was being honest. I see with Cody Ford the fact that, you know, he's consistent in terms of his awareness and what he should be doing. And I think that's something coaches like. I, I've, I also noticed inconsistent anchor. And for a guy his size, it's a little bit surprising, but was just getting knocked backwards a little bit too much. Um, with Carmen and, and Adenogy and Deontay Smith, yeah, they'll probably work themselves out. But I do think there's a question about backup center. I, I don't feel like there's a clear answer about who will come in if they need a backup center. And I think that's a question that ideally you feel a little bit more certain about at this point in the off season. And they're clearly repping a lot of guys there to try to find that answer. Sure. And, and, and I, I think that's good. I think it's good to push Trey Hill and, mm-hmm. and make sure that he is the guy and maybe it's him. Maybe it's Max Sharping. 
maybe it's Ben Brown. Maybe he gets in the mix and, and makes a push. But one of those guys, uh, certainly. But overall, like I said, I mean, we just named three guys for, for that spot. Last year, Ben Brown was hurt. Mm-hmm. Max Sharping was a, a waiver addition that, that they were awarded on cutdown or after cutdowns. I mean, we weren't talking about three guys at backup center. I, I can't even remember who it was besides Trey Hill. Somebody needs to step up, though, much like oh, with the backup sure. QBs. That, that's all I'm saying is somebody needs to take the job. And, and right now I'm feeling like, yeah, there are a lot of guys that could win those jobs. But to me, that's one of the more unclear questions that hasn't been answered. Other takeaways from a rainy practice outside Paycor Stadium to get to coming up next. Another day, another DJ Turner pass breakup. The rookie against Jamar Chase now. And in that, now the next step is seeing him against T. I want to see that size different. The six inches mm-hmm. and arm length and all that stuff. Just because he's getting pretty comfortable against Chase. Part of it has to do with the quarterbacks. Yep. Believe me. But the other part is DJ Turner doesn't panic. Trust his speed. Trust his instincts. And makes plays. And he made... Like I said, a nice pass breakup again on on Monday, and it's a theme now. It's not just a trend. This is, I think, who this kid is because he did it on, on Friday night. I know everyone remembers the Dax Hill pass breakup where Turner fell, but he did it on Friday night on the, the far sideline, one-on-one, and was able to, to stay composed and make a play on the ball. So DJ Turner continuing to, uh, continuing to improve and, and impress. Just other quick notes just before I forget. Andre Yosevash took some kickoffs. I think that's interesting. I don't think it means anything. I think the running backs are ahead of him. There are other guys ahead of him still uh, worth noting. And um, I'm trying to think if there was any other obvious notes. I, I think that's it of like these weird peculiar. Oh, um, went w- just continues to look awesome. Was going through all these individual drills, looking better and better in Zach Taylor. Uh, said that they're the ones holding him back. He finally admitted that, which we kind of knew, but holding him back out of team drills. The thing that's interesting about the Yosevash note, which you're right, could be pretty minor, but we'll see if that becomes something that they continue to work him at. It could be a way that the coaches are looking for, well, is this a guy that we'll have active on game days? Because Mm -hmm. maybe they're convinced he's making the roster at this point. I think most people would assume he's making the roster at this point. And, and now they're trying to see, well, is this a role that we could get him up on the 45 on, on Sundays? I remember on draft day or night or maybe a few days later, I was like, try him on kickoff return just to see. Mm-hmm. He's athletic. Who cares if he's 6'2"? I know everyone likes, ah, put the 5'10 guy back. No, put the 6'2 triathlon master or whatever the heck he is back there. This is elite athlete. We've seen it. So. Uh, it was good. He looked he looked comfortable catching the ball. I know that's still a work in progress. It's not like he has a lot of experience doing it. Fielding kickoffs, by the way, is yeah. much different than catching the ball from a quarterback. I think decathlon, right? Decathlon, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, any updates real quick while we're talking about just small sorts of business like that? Elsie and uh, Daryl Basham were going through a more intense workout on Sunday. Did we see anything from those guys on on Monday. Yeah. Basham was in uniform for the first time, not doing any team stuff, but certainly trending in the right direction. I bet he plays this week. I think that's probably what they're, 
they're, they're getting him ready to do. He certainly needs that if he's going to make this roster. And Collins is out there. He did not do nearly as much as he did on Sunday, which makes sense. You would taper him down after a, an intense breakout. But he was out there, and he did get some work on the rehab field. And Travion Williams was in uniform as well. Is that correct? That is correct. I think we might have mentioned that. Uh, also returning to practice, I believe, Joe Bacci. Oh, I believe he did. Oh, yeah, you're right. <clears throat> he was out there. Took me a second. He, uh, I walked by him in the locker room. I was trying to think if I saw his jersey, but he had already changed. He had the chest injury <laughs> on Friday, and Zach also mentioned that he's he's good. So trending in the right direction, should be able to continue his preseason, hopefully, and, and get those reps in. The one guy that we're waiting to see return to practice, or at least I'm waiting to see return to practice, is Tanner Hudson. And we believe it's a concussion. That's what they said on TV. It's a concussion for Tanner Hudson, who yep. it appeared that his head hit the ground quite hard after that catch and he tried to hurdle a Green Bay defender. So I think he's really in the mix for tight end three. Well, you need one of those, Mitch Wilcox or Tanner Hudson. Because otherwise, mm-hmm. what are you trotting out there? Drew Sample and Devin Asiasi behind Irv Smith Jr., who, who had a nice catch, by the way, today. Um, you can't do that. Spoiler. You cannot do that. Now, not saying that those two guys can't make the team, but you need another pass-catching threat. And Hudson brings that, and, and Mitch is light years ahead of those other two as well in that area, to me. Yeah. I, I wonder how Wilcox is doing with his rehab. Not a name that we've talked about a time because he's on the pup list, but he's getting there. He's he's working out. He's doing a lot. I, I think that they they just want to make sure when he's back, he is he's fully back. So we'll yeah. see. And they've got the the various roster hurdles to to clear there. Um, closing thoughts on this practice. I, I think you mentioned the Trey Hendrickson interception earlier. One handed interception. This is two days in a row. The Bengals have thrown an interception on the screen. I know. Let's stop doing that, quarterbacks, please. It would be great if we could complete a screen pass or just turf it because they almost threw an interception, Jake Browning, on a screen pass in the game on Friday too. They're right to a defensive end who was, you know, you just got to turf those balls. And this is a team that had its issues with the screen game in the last couple of years, and it's yeah. a bit of a theme. Yeah, I, one, agree. It's been a little bit of a theme and over the past few weeks too, just another Trey Hendrickson. Remember how we talked about Trey Hendrickson grabbing Jordan Love's jersey? Yeah. He did the same thing to Jake Browning. I saw. And Jake did not like it. I like that he stood up for himself a little bit. I need more of that. Don't be scared of blackout Trey now. I'm the quarterback. If if I was there in a red jersey, you better believe, or an orange jersey here, you better believe if 91 grabs my, I'm losing it. So he was way more composed than I even think he should have been. Um, I'm still shocked no one in Green Bay did anything for Jordan Love. That's insane. But with Jake Browning, just keep your hands off the merchandise. Because it wasn't just that. J- Joseph Osai knocked the ball out of his hands. Like, it was like, dang. Oh. Feisty. Feisty defensive Which is line. great. Which is great. But. In practice, I'm the quarterback. Now I'm letting you have it. Even in a game, I'm probably letting you have it, maybe. But I don't want you to let to, to know that you're uh, in my head. So I probably would be more composed. In practice, I would have let him know. Trey, Trey, him. Trey really just wanted Browning to understand that he was he was got. He wasn't rolling out. He was trying to spin out of the pocket there. Trey was sending a message. Still but, grab uh, his jersey. You don't grab the quarterback's jersey in practice. That's well, right. 
you do if you're Trey Hendrickson and you're worth a lot more than QB two or three or four or five or seven or nine. I guess so. The Bengals are 11, off. 13. You want to keep going? 15, 17, 19, 21, QB two, one. You just let me know when you're done. 23, 25, 27. Get us out of here. The Bengals are off on Tuesday and we will still have an episode. Of course, we'll continue that March toward preseason game. Number two down in Atlanta. So until then, thanks for listening to this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Hootay, and have a good one.